Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? Live from UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, inside the electric factory for the next two hours. It's Euler Emotes with you here. It's Steelers Blitz on a Thursday of a week when the Steelers play in prime time against the Buffalo Bills. Prime time. Arthur Motes, I'm ready to go, man. Man, who are you Get telling? me to Sunday. Oh, well, actually, I mean, give me to Saturday first. Okay, oh, Saturday. Get a nice little day off on Saturday. Oh. And then give me to Sunday, baby. Okay, okay. I like that a lot, man. I'm excited about it as well. Prime time. For me, you know, I can't wait because I got two of my, my former teams, man. Mm-hmm. So, former team, former teammates on both teams still. And, yeah, what better place to do it than at Highs Field, baby? What better person to talk to ahead of this game than you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, experience. <laughs> experience with the red <laughs> and blue. Experience with the black and gold. You know, I've seen you making your rounds this week. Uh, you, 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 know, you, you peeping game? You, you, you catching on what I'm doing? I'm peeping game. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, keeping tab, I'm keeping tabs on you, all right? You know, I see you making your Buffalo radio rounds hey, yesterday. Man. Doing the DVE morning show this morning. Nice shout-out to Heinz Hall. Hey, in the, see, in the see. And, this and I thought of you when I said uh-huh, it, too. I'm I was sure like, I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> I was sitting yeah. in the parking lot here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex mm-hmm. on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I waited in the car, you know, like an extra, yeah. an extra five, ten minutes before I walked in because I wanted to hear oh, you. Oh, man, shout-out, man. I appreciate Appreciate you. I hear you talking about Heinz Hall and the symphony. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, look at Motsi. A little culture look at, out here, man. Look, I'll have to clip that and send it to my, my pops. Well, because be- you got to, you know, a lot of people, they just associate Pittsburgh with just sports. Yes. Steelers, Penguins, uh, Pirates. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more here than just the sports element of it. You know, I really like how you said that there. It's true, man. Steelers, mm. Penguins, mm. Pirates. Mm. Yeah, but who cares about that college team that resides in Oakland? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, because, you know, when God. it comes to college ball, Woo. the only time I think of is JMU. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I could be anywhere in the country right now. If it's not Harrisonburg, Virginia, I don't I don't even talk college. But Arthur, hell to pit, though. Arthur Motes, first Duquesne, time. I guess, and Robert Morris. I'm cool with those and guys. And Cal U. I'm cool with them. Except like I got to like, go down the list if I name the college, right? Now, see, if you're going to, like, Cal U and RMU, I mean, you include in, like, Slippery Rock. Uh, I guess an IUP, right? IUP. Yeah. How far does that parameter go? W- w- Washington and Jefferson. Washington and Jefferson. Yeah, Slippery Slope, see? What about State College? Yeah, that's a little bit too far. Well, you know how I feel about State College. Yeah, I know how I, you get. I, yeah, I, I forever right. have beef with State College. State College, Maryland, <laughs> Wake Forest. Me. Those are it. Yeah, State College, Maryland, and Wake Forest will forever be on my bad list. Anytime they're playing, I'm rooting for the team against them. I don't care who it is. That's just how I live, man. <laughs> and that's kind of how you are with the Bills and Steelers, right? Always rooting for them. Yeah, it's just weird this week because it's I'm like – It's weird for you this week. I usually can make an argument for why each team should win every week, regardless of how it was looking when they went to uh, – Steelers were one and four. Sure. Remember, we were still in here like, hey, I think they can do this. I can see them doing that. They can have success right. doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and same with the Bills. It was like early on when people were doubting them. I'm like – well, me and you both agreed that, hey, this team is a playoff caliber team because of this, this, and this. That's right. They better put respect on right. our game. And, and now here we go. 
You know what I'm going to have to do, actually? I, ha- I have my old notebook where I wrote all that stuff down. It's in Ooh, my backpack here. I'm okay. going to have to go back and look. Yeah. I know we both had the Steelers winning the division. Mm-hmm. And we're wrong in that regard. Well, that was, that was a shocker due to the injuries at quarterback. Sure, and then, sure. obviously, the emergence of Lamar Jackson. Sure. No, I don't think anyone predicted no. outside of Lamar and maybe Harbaugh that that was going to happen like Outside that. of the Baltimore area, everyone Correct. was picking either the Steelers or the Browns right. to win the division. But we'll have to – at the end of the season, we'll look back at those. And uh, and see how we see how we did on our playoff predictions. Yeah, 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 uh, Buffalo, Mozi, the Bills' first Sunday night football appearance since two thousand seven. Yeah, twelve years. Twelve years. I was I still was in high there. school in two thousand seven. Does that mean anything? Is you know we, we talk a lot, and you and I have kind of turned it into a segment and into like I don't want to say a joke, but a thing on this show. The five star matchups, right? For the Steelers, it's always a five star matchup because they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, and they play a ton of primetime games. I mean, they play like a third of their games in primetime every year. Like six right. out of their eighteen games every single year are in primetime. Uh, is there anything to that? The fact that the Steelers are always playing in these type of games, and the fact that the Bills—it's it, been few and far between for them in the last few years in these type of games. Is, is there anything to that? Or once they kick off, man, it's still football. Does that matter in your mind? So I will say this. Once the ball is kicked off, of course it's still football, but it does matter, and here's why. A lot of times when you get in these big games, these big matchups like this, the primetime element, just that alone changes your preparation in terms of your arrival time to the stadium. Sure, when sure. you're doing pregame warm-ups, the amount of eyes that are on you, the energy – you feel all of that when you're warming up. And teams that can't handle it, those are the players that warm up too hard. They, You ever heard the term, don't don't blow your load in warm-ups? That's what they do. They they go out there and they're too hyped. They're, the moment's too big for them. They feel like they have to do something. Too emotional. Right. That's the one element of it. The other side is the guys who try to downplay it so much. Oh, man, it's just another game. I'm not worried about it. And it's like, no, it's not just another game. But they – come out flat because they're trying so hard to suppress those emotions. To not get too high. Right, because they don't know how to handle it. So those are the things that you deal with. And then, obviously, from a just on-field optic standpoint, the different cameras that are literally floating above your head. <laughs> like, that's different when you're out there playing in a game and you you're really can see it like, oh, really? oh this camera's right here. That doesn't follow. Right, so from an attention standpoint, you have to be locked in and focused in on what you're supposed to do. And then for the younger players, because I felt – victim to this early on, I think my first Thursday night game in Buffalo, when you see those Hall of Fame guys doing the broadcast for Sunday night football, when you see the sideline reports, when I remember the first time I went out there, um, I forgot who was the sideline people then, hmm. but I remember one time, for example, I saw Charles Woodson, okay. Deion Sanders, and I think, no, it was Charles Woodson, Randy Wants, and uh, I, forget, I think it might have been Hasselback. Okay. Monday, rem- Monday night football. Yeah, it was group. a Monday night game, and I remember being like, man, that's like Charles Wilson. That's oh, Randy man, that's Randy Moss. Moss like, right there. And being just, like, in awe. Yeah. And, like, oh, man, I still got to play this game, though. And those guys are watching me. Correct. Like, and those are the things that you have to deal with. And, and for me, the Thursday night game, I want to say it was it was prime time. It was okay. Deion Sanders. And he was doing one of the Thursdays. We were playing in Cleveland. And I remember being in my warm-ups, like, oh, man, I got to try to look extra cool because this is prime time. I got to, like, do this. And instead of me focusing in on the actual game because that was my first – Thursday night primetime game. That was the first sure. time seeing sure. the broadcasting. The right, because on, on a Sunday 1 o'clock, you don't see that. Sunday 4 o'clock, they don't have the sideline, the 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 cast out right. there. Right, they don't have the whole setup right. on the sideline so of the, a, the a, makeshift broadcast right. booth. 
that's a totally different element. If you're not accustomed to seeing that, like how it is in Pittsburgh, you see it so much. For Devin Bush, right? He saw that third five week, times, week, five times week already. One opening game of the season versus New England, he saw that, and he's seen it twice on Monday Night Football. Absolutely, and he's seen it Thursday Night Football. So for him, by the time he gets here, he's like, that's just another thing. Like I'm not worried about. It. I understand my routine. I know how to lock in. I know how to prepare myself for this moment. Whereas those guys from Buffalo. I mean, I could talk with Jerry Hughes right now. He was a former teammate of mine in Buffalo. You know how many times he's seen a primetime game? He might have seen one Monday night game. In in his, Monday and Thursday. Uh, Monday and Thursday. Yeah. In, in, in terms of uh, a Monday night game or Thursday night game of significance, none. Even the year when they made the playoffs, was that two years ago? Two years ago, yeah. They still weren't having primetime games. And then when they made it to the playoffs, they had the 1 o'clock Saturday yeah, game. It was the, It's like the disrespectful game when you make the playoffs. Like, if you put me on the Saturday 1 o'clock slot, first round of the playoffs, you don't care about me. It's like, like a noon Christmas basketball right, game. Right, right. We're, no we're one's like, watching not that. At all. No one's sitting down until 4 o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're like it's 425 or 825, period. And we knew in Pittsburgh we were always going to have the Sunday game yes. just because of always. the eyes that are tuning in for us. Always. So for those guys, they haven't experienced anything like this yet. And like I said, that's just all of the pop and circumstance associated with the game. Now, when you actually get the ball snapped, it's a different level of intensity. Oh, sure. I mean, you're playing a lot faster. We always tell people it's each game or each phase of the season has different speeds. Preseason has one speed. Regular season, the first half of the season has another speed. Sure. Then November, December is a separate speed. Then you have playoffs. Then you have AFC Championship, NFC Championship. Then you have Super Bowl. All of those different levels come with another level of intensity and speed associated sure. with it because the ramifications. Sure. By this point in the season, it's three games left. These guys aren't rookies no more. You think Devin Bush is out there playing like he's a rookie, like he was when he played the Patriots? Better not be. Not at all. Better be finding new mistakes. Absolutely. So from a just a speed standpoint, a, a comfortability with the calls and, and pre-snap recognition, everybody's so much faster right now. Yeah. They have an understanding of what's expected and what's needed to win at this level. So – all of that increases in these type of games, and that's why it is an advantage for teams that have played in it a lot, like the Steelers. Josh Allen's first career start in prime time at Heinz Field on Sunday night football. And I, you alluded to it there a little bit. I, I think there's a difference between Sunday night football and Monday and Thursday. Because yeah. on Monday and Thursday, you don't sit around all day, you know, watching other games. Everyone's waiting for – you know what I mean? Monday and Thursday, people at work all day. It's not like football, football, football all day when you have to sit there and bide your time. And it's football night right. in America. And like you said, well, I guess they do have the sky cams with those Thursday night games as well too. But it's a, it's a little different, it's different juice man. on Sunday night as opposed to a Monday or a Thursday. And like you said, man the, the Sunday night game historically has had so much meaning so many big games associated with it that you really can't you can't overlook that or you can't downplay like this is the creme de la creme when it comes to these primetime yeah. games yeah and who better to set the stage and help us get into the mood than our good buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He will join us on the other side. You already know the drill. You want to get involved with the show anytime over the next hour and 45 minutes, do so on the .com. That's the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. The Batman, Brian Batko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joins us next. Inside the Electric Factory, you're listening to Euler and Motes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 
Joining us now as he does this time every Thursday, his name is Brian Backo. No, no, no. The, the Brian Backo. Brian Backo. Hi. His name is mm-hmm. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joining us now as he always does, our good friend of the show. Speaking of which. Speaking of. Uh. Two good friends of the show, Brian Backo and Jordan Dangerfield. That's it. No new friends. I saw Jordan Dangerfield walking in this morning, held the door open for me. He was like, what's up, man? I miss you emotes. So we might have to reach back out to Danger here again soon. It's only right, man. Tell him to skip meetings and pre-practice. Come <laughs> yeah, on the show. right. That's what I told him. I said, what are you going over here to meetings for? We, yeah, what we like, got going on down the hallway is way more right. important. It's I mean, way cooler, on. too. They have a lot more fun. He'll just say, Coach, I don't need to stretch today. Yeah. I'm, go- I'm going up with the SNR boys. <laughs> I got this, Coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Backo. You are our uh, our boots on the ground. You know, you are a real journalist, our, our informed source, if you Absolutely. will. Absolutely. Uh, yesterday practice, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster listed as full participants. You can see that on the surface and think that's good. But what's the real story there? What is the likelihood of each of those guys playing on Sunday? And, and at what percentage of health, roughly, do you think that they would be uh, you know, placed at at this time? I think they're getting up there. I think they're climbing. I, I think they're higher than most people, myself included, thought they would be. This week, uh, with, with we talked about this last week on the show with some of Juju's answers last Wednesday. It didn't seem particularly optimistic that he was going to get back in time for this five-star matchup with the Buffalo Bills. But to see him out there, first practice of the week, getting in full, yeah. uh, as far as I could see, taking a lot of those, uh, you know, basically the normal workload for him, that's encouraging. James Conner, and all along, I think, you know, we felt that Conner was a little bit closer to returning to action, given that he was limited the past couple weeks. So to see him upgraded to full first practice of the week is is a good sign and a new one uh, for number 30. So I'm not going to go as far as to say those guys are both definitely going to be in. Maybe they'll end up getting that questionable tag on Friday uh, tomorrow when the injury report comes out. But as long as they avoid that doubtful tag, which usually doesn't mean playing, I feel pretty good about both those guys returning Sunday night. Okay, okay. I definitely like that, man. So I heard that uh, when we talked about Duck and him and how we'll be impacted by Juju coming back, what are his feelings and thoughts about that? I think he's got to love having number 19 back in yeah. there. You know, he's really only had that one game with him, that Chargers game. Correct. The highlights of Juju's season so far have been the big plays, the ones over the middle that he made mm-hmm. for Mason Rudolph against the Niners and the Ravens. That's obviously something that this Steelers offense has been lacking. By hook or by crook, yeah. they've been able to move the ball here and there. Duck has hooked up with James Washington a couple times, but uh, it, it hasn't been the same type of explosiveness that Juju was able to bring when he was right. So as long as he's right, as long as he's as close to 100% as you can be on December 12th, he should add a different dynamic to this offense and should complement James Washington and Deontay Johnson, two guys who their own production with number 19 on the bench is probably going to help him out as well when he returns because you're not going to be able to pay as much attention to him as an opposing defense. Very true. And speaking of Deontay Johnson, obviously he was named the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. So how has he been handling his success right now? I think he's happy to be back in there. I mean, he, he, was, he got off to such a nice start early on mm-hmm. and, and they weren't even using that many snaps for him at that point as Mike Tomlin has been pointing out lately they, they were basically trying to preserve him over the course of a 16 game season health wise uh, that's mostly been the case but production wise it hasn't always been he's been inconsistent as you would expect right. from a, a third rounder a, a rookie 
now maybe he's hitting his stride again. Maybe he's getting that second wind in 2019. And obviously part of that is opportunity, which is what he's getting on punt returns since Ryan Switzer's been out. But in the receiving game, I think you're also seeing that uh, that, that dynamic uh, playmaking ability start to translate from what he's doing in the return game to what he does when he gets the ball in his hands in the offense. I like that. And uh, speaking of that, that rest that uh, Coach Tom was talking about, obviously with Deontay, Devin Bush, and things like that, do you think we're going to see a trend of that going away now that it's at this point in the season with three games left? Maybe not with Bush because now that that trio of inside linebackers is healthy, yeah. you can scale it back a little bit for everyone. I mean, obviously he's not playing the same amount of snaps as he was earlier in the season right. when Vince Williams was out with the hamstring. Even Mark Barron Correct. missed that one game. So I don't think you have to if you're the Steelers. You're in a good enough situation right now health-wise, depth-wise, that, that you don't have to completely – throw the young guys into the fire but uh, they are they do seem to be getting healthy at the right time and it's funny the way this season has played out the run that they are on right now I would have thought the right time would have been a few weeks ago and yet they're finding <laughs> a way to win banged up so they're, they're going into the the thick of it uh, playoff race and possibly in the postseason uh, maybe as healthy as they've been in a long time I wanted to ask you about that it's something Motes and I discussed you know we spent maybe 10 minutes or so on the show yesterday discussing you got to think, right, if, if Juju is back on Sunday with the emergence of James Washington and Deontay Johnson, that suddenly your most talented group on offense, where you think you would probably have the best chance to, to you know, to make some plays on offense is with that trio of wide receivers. And then you accompany that with Duck's comments about him feeling like a gunslinger. <laughs> uh, is there any worry, concern, thought at all that, Okay, like you mentioned, this hooker crook thing has been working, and maybe that needs to stay the recipe. Let's not get a little too overconfident. Let's not try and do too much as the offense gets healthier. Yeah, I wouldn't want to change the recipe or change the formula from the Steelers, but guess what? The Buffalo Bills are a good football team and a good defense. They yeah. might make you change the recipe. You can try to use your same recipe, but if you're out of eggs, if you're out of sugar, you might have to do something else, and, and that's why I think— If you're out of red paint, you might have to paint that barn yellow. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> So this might have to be a week in, in which they, they go a little more opened up in, in the offense simply by necessity. I mean, if the, if the Bills are walling up and stopping your run game, which I'm sure is going to be priority number one for those guys, then you can't just run into a brick wall all day, even if it is with James Conner or, or Benny Snell or whomever. So uh, that's maybe not the, the best way for this Steelers team to win games right now. But if that's what the opponent forces you to do, that might be what you have to do. And if they're without Vance McDonald, too, uh, I, I guess it could be a, a benefit there just in terms of you won't even really be able to go with as many of those two tight end looks. So right. you get all three of your, your best receivers back and, uh, hey, maybe let the duck wing it. Hey, I like it. Quack, quack, quack. But now speaking of the injury front, man, with Vance McDonald and Jalen Samuels, what are we hearing about them? What's the likelihood of them being available on Sunday? It's always tough with concussions. Uh, I mean, Vance doesn't have an extensive concussion history I think he had one back in 2015 with the Niners so I mean that's a little bit of a positive but you just never know I mean that, that short turnaround a lot of times more often in the NFL you're seeing guys miss at least one week yeah. when they go through the protocol obviously Mason Rudolph did so and then he had the bye uh, so I wouldn't necessarily count on Vance McDonald being back in time for this one I'm sure he'd love to given how big of a game it is Jalen Samuels with the groin he also didn't practice on Wednesday, we'll see if he's able to get back out there today and tomorrow. 
that one you can probably afford to miss him, especially if you get James Conner back. You, sure. you like what Samuels brings you as a pass catcher, but I think Kareth White can do that here and there. Benny Snell has probably shown more capable hands than a lot of people thought. And obviously, if the shoulder is right and he's able to get that full range of motion, James Conner is, is perfectly adequate in that area as well. Buffalo Bills, some of the lowest numbers in the league when it comes to adding an extra defender to the box. Does that translate to, for the Steelers, it's as simple as, man, you've got to be able to run the ball Sunday night? It's it's, it's that simple, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, they've got some hogs up front. That's why they don't always have to bring that extra yeah. defender <laughs> up into the box. I mean, this, Ed Oliver's looked really good. Yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed Oliver weeks. is a beast. I mean, Starlo to Lele is yeah. an yeah. absolute I unit. Mean, we, we forget about Shaq Lawson. We just speak of him as an afterthought when we're talking about them. They're like, best, some boy dogs on that. Yeah. Yeah. Pass rusher, but this, this Jordan Phillips guy leads the team with seven yes. and a half sacks. So. And then Jerry Hughes has been a 10-plus sack guy multiple times right. as well. So they're not the biggest names in the world. They don't really jump out at you when you look at the Bills roster, but they've all been productive. They've all been pitching in to make this defense work. And every Steeler that I've talked to just says, you know, they're, they're not a real flashy defense. Uh, they don't, the takeaway numbers don't strike you that much, but they're just stout. They just know what they're doing and, and they're going to uh, force your hand to, to beat them through the air if they have to. Yeah, very true. Now, when we talk about that Bills team, let's focus on their offense a little bit here. Josh Allen, obviously he presents a ton of challenges. So what's the plan thus far or, or what you're hearing about from the Steelers' defense and how they want to combat him and his mobility? Got to try to keep him in the pocket. I mean, we saw what Baker Mayfield was able to do when he was extending plays in the first matchup. I think Allen's probably a, a little closer to Mayfield in mobility than a Kyler Murray. Mm. Uh, he definitely runs better than Baker, but – I don't know that he's going to be a, a Murray type of challenge when you talk about being slippery. So uh, you, you can't allow him to, to get outside the pocket, take those deep shots, allow John Brown to get open because he's very difficult to he's plaster. He's almost at 1,000 yards right now too, he, man. He is having a it's, – it's weird to say a breakout year because he's been he's productive yeah. before, but I don't know about it this level, and, and obviously he's with a new team. So uh, Josh Allen's going to be a challenge, but the, the benefit for the Steelers is that they've seen a lot of guys like this mm in recent weeks and uh, the accuracy with me is, is still the biggest question mark with yes, him so he's going to take those deep shots he's not necessarily always going to hit them so uh, I, I, we'll see what happens I mean you, you can't let him break the big one on you and they did yeah. a good job with that with Kyler Murray they, they kept true. him hemmed up for the most part when he tried another thing they did well against Kyler Murray in that Cardinals offense was forcing turnovers taking the ball away against a Cardinals unit that had done a good job of ball security, of, of limiting turnovers up until that point. Does that become, on Sunday night, is that if you're listing the most important, you know, the things that are going to determine the, the outset of the game, the outcome of the game, pardon me, is that one of the biggest X factors, again, uh, the Bills' ability to secure the ball versus the Steelers' pension, the Steelers' need to create splash on defense? Yeah, that's always a key to win, and, and it, in some ways it's going to be tougher to do even though the Cardinals were pretty good in giveaway numbers. Let's just be honest. I mean, the, the Joe Hayden interception, uh, even a couple of the takeaways before that, obvious passing downs in which they really didn't have a lot of options but to drop back and throw. So you can't ding Kyler Murray for that all that much. The, the Bills are going to try to do the exact opposite, uh, keep it in short yardage, keep the chains moving. The ball. And they're Gore. really, really good at that mode. Frank yeah. Gore and Devin Singletary has been an absolute stud. In his rookie year, uh, they the last time they rushed for fewer than 100 yards in a game was 
way back in November when they lost at Cleveland, November 10th, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're a ground-and-pound team. They have an identity much like the Steelers do, probably even more so on the offensive oh, side yeah. of the ball, and, and that's why it's going to be difficult to, to harass them into some turnovers. Now, when we talk advantages, where do you see the Steelers' advantages versus the Bills' advantages in this game? I guess defensively, you know, you've still got an advantage against a, a, a young, relatively inexperienced quarterback mm-hmm. in Josh Allen. I, I still like the Steelers having an edge there, and, and that's why a lot of people think uh, this is going to be a fairly low-scoring game, and, and that makes sense to me. Uh, the, the slot receivers for the Bills, though, uh, I mean, Cole Beasley is – uh, pretty darn shifty. I mean, he's he's tough to cover. Steelers have been better in that area lately. Uh, I think the the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick has helped with that a lot. But uh, he's still a guy that, especially on third down, you're going to need to know where he is, and you're going to need to break that up. Uh, the tight end game for the Bills is probably a work in progress. The rookie Dawson Knox has been yeah. – he's flashed. He's popped up here and there, but not necessarily a guy that's going to beat you consistently. So uh, it's it's you know pretty obvious to me, at least on paper, both of these defenses are coming in with – uh, major, major advantages, and, and we'll see if it plays out that way on Sunday night. No doubt. A few more minutes here with Brian Backo, our buddy from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I saw one of the things you wrote about, Mr. Backo. Uh, what's the deal with Marquise Pouncey's snaps? Have you, I've seen that's, you've that's done the rough. Re- you know, Again, you're our boots on the guy, yeah, on the ground guy here. That what's was the a tough one. You? I, you know, I do the Steelers mailbag every week for the Post-Gazette <laughs> website, and whatever people ask me, I'm going to give them an answer. That's the entire point of the feature. Okay, but when okay. you ask me to go into the locker room, basically, and ask Marquise Pouncey <laughs> hey. why some of your snaps have been low. But you know what? Like I said, that's what we're here for. We're the reporters. We're yeah. the Big J journalists. Anyone can sit there and just break down the, the film of snaps and say this wasn't right, this wasn't good. Someone's got to go in good. there and actually ask <laughs> the big guy about it. But uh, honestly, Pouncey was pretty cool as far as that goes. I mean, he said it's really not an adjustment period to duck which makes sense because the snaps for the most part have been low rather than high. The Rams game, he shot one over his head, and Dante Fowler uh, had a house party with it. So uh, other than that, he, he said, you know, it's just there's so many shotgun snaps every game now with, with these guys. It was yeah, 38 of, every time. Yeah. Exactly. It was 38 of 59 snaps against the Cardinals. Obviously, that's been the case for most of this season. And he said, you know, if, I think if you watch every center in the league, not everyone's going to be putting it there with pinpoint accuracy. Yeah time and time again so when has got to be different for him too man <clears throat> going from Ben who does take a lot more under center versus Duck who's been predominantly out of the gun yeah yeah predominantly out of the the shotgun with Duck so it's it's something that even a 30 year old 10 year veteran seven time pro bowler is getting used to in Marquise Pouncey I think and, and he just he just laughed and said I'll try to be perfect from here on well, out and you gotta <laughs> think his hands are a little sore as well man you know he's had to use them every once in a while this season, so that, that could be playing into <laughs> Pounce, it. Pouncey snaps has been a headline for a different reason. <laughs> had nothing to do with an actual exchange under center. <laughs> but then, hey, a shout-out to Pouncey, too, man. Got named uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year for the season. Yeah, he did. Overall, team, so. a good day for Pounce, Absolutely. other than, you know, some goober from the post because that coming up yeah. asking uh, <laughs> why some of your snaps have been low. I mean, the other thing, he would probably never say this because he's a professional, and if there's any guy who doesn't make an excuse on this team, it would be him, but it, maybe he was a little bit rusty. You know, it was his first game sure. uh, back in a while. I don't know if you because with those suspensions, it's not like you're practicing or Correct, around. The, yeah. yeah, 
Right. Maybe he was at home, you know, snapping to uh, snapping snap to, to the, the kid. Or, yeah. <laughs> let me let me just draw this circle on my door. Real quick. <laughs> yeah. Snap. Drew a bullseye. <laughs> Get one of those Nerf bounce back balls for right. in the interior. You, you remember the Nerf ball with the flat edge, yeah. so that you know for the lonely kids to throw it off the football and, and it would catch come it. Back yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I might have had one of those. Uh, oh, I'm man. not saying I was a lonely kid. I was going to say, yeah. man, where are your friends at? Guys? I was not a lonely Golly. kid, but I was an only child until I was almost 14. So, uh, I am an only child. Yes. Uh, my sister's. So. My I don't think it's changing. My sister's almost 14 years, 13 and wow. years and eight months, nine months younger than me. So see, I, I was basically raised as an only child. See, I had older sister, younger brother. Then I stayed right across the street from my four cousins. So we were deep nice. everywhere we went. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't need the football. Never. No, it's the, the opposite. Like, most wanted to be right, right. Most wanted to just sit by himself and think. <laughs> Why do you think I live in Pittsburgh and they all live in Virginia right <laughs> <Yeah>. now? <laughs> Yeah, former uh, former man of the year, Walter uh, Payton, man of the year, two times. Yeah, Walter Payton, Buffalo and Pittsburgh, Buffalo man. and Pittsburgh. Pretty cool, uh, nice honor there for Marquise Pouncey and all the stuff that he does behind the scenes. And he does so much, man. Cam Hayward told us today, he said he needs to win the big one. He thinks he should win the big one yeah. this year, mm -hmm. the NFL honor. A Steeler hasn't won that one since the bus in 2001. Wow. So maybe they're due. It's yeah. been a while. I was, I was over. Cam was over. A lot of offers. Cam will have more chances, no doubt. Absolutely. Definitely wouldn't shock me if he gets yeah. the ultimate nod out of all 32 at some yeah. point, the way he's going. Uh, before we get to your prediction, the esteemed prediction of Mr. Brian Backo. The oh, Brian Backo. Um, a thing that I asked Motsi when we started the show, wanted to get your opinion on, uh, the fact that the Bills have not played in Sunday Night Football since 2007, yeah. uh, that usually Motes attested to this during his time there. You're playing one primetime game a year in Buffalo, and it's a Monday or a Thursday night game. Uh, Josh Allen making his first start of his career in prime time. And then on the other hand, you've got the Steelers who play in like six of these games every, Don't single, we know it, every, yeah. every single year. Uh, once the ball is kicked off, though, in your mind, it, how big of an advantage is that to, for the Steelers? Is it not an advantage? What does that mean once the game starts? I think it's a little bit of an advantage. Mike Tomlin has a sterling track record in these primetime sure games. Does. It's, it's hard to say that's coincidence with how high his winning percentage is. Obviously, he has... Something about him that, that rears up a team for, for being in the spotlight like this. I don't Five know. Five-star matchups, baby. Hey. And you know what? I, I wonder, though, if it'll be more of a factor of the Bills not being all that familiar with this kind of atmosphere, mm -hmm. but also how much blue is going to be in the stands on Sunday night at Heinz Field? Well, how, much, how many of them survived the tailgate, the all-day Well, long? that's the thing. They're, you know, they're, not, they're not used to these Sunday night kickoffs I, I, having I, 10 hours to tailgate. I am really excited to see if Bill's Mafia comes out in full force. They're going to be like the White Walkers coming down to attack King's <laughs> Landing, hey. waiting till nighttime. Listen, so. listen I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for the tailgate scene. They're just standing there with mustard and ketchup hey. like – Hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm driving up with a couple of tables anyways. There you go. <laughs> they can be black and gold. I, I will be curious to see if uh, if the blue really contrasts against those bright yeah. yellow seats on Sunday <laughs> night with the, the Bills fans. They've Me got too. all day to make the trip down. And yeah. then, well, I don't know what you do about getting home, but maybe that depends on a win or loss. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't. That was my first thought when they moved the kickoff from 1 o'clock until 8 to 8.20 when the game got flexed was, do you realize what you've just done? I was like I Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumb. Do you realize what you've just done? At least for the Steelers, uh, Ducks got experience with the primetime. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. First sure ever does. start was, uh, was the Sunday night game in L.A. Sure mm -hmm. does. All right.
Brian Becko, the Brian Becko. It is time. Of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I was thinking about this earlier. I believe you're nine – because I know we missed one or two weeks. I believe you're nine and three. With, does Drum that sound roll? right? Nine uh, and three? I don't know. Yeah, for, hey, it sounds I got it right last purposes. week, and you guys laughed at my score prediction. We almost had oh, it. When the, Cam Hayward was oh, right there for a safety. He, he texted me after the game. What did I say? Like, I said 25-18. Oh, so yeah. It was yeah. like 25. What the hell? Yeah, you did good 25. 25 I said they're going to get a safety in last play of the game. Kyler Murray's running, you know, back into the end zone hey. like Dan Orlovsky. Cam yeah, Hayward he was, was right there. Pass. Couldn't quite get it, but <laughs> I was almost redeemed. Nobody scores 25 points. Last Sunday night at 7.10 p.m., Brian Backo, 25 to 18. I was so close. We'll never forgive Cam for missing a safety there. <laughs> it would have been 25, um, what, 17. 17 but it was yeah. still would have been one close. digit off. Yeah. I mean, that would have been very Vegas-like of you to be, it uh, be right there. All right. nine. And, that's what I'm sticking with from this point on, all right? Unless yeah. anybody wants to go back and listen around this time every Thursday. I, to, I like it. I'm to, going with yours. To strike the record. Uh, nine and three on the year. Pretty darn good, Mr. Backo. That's does, good. That's real good. How does Sunday night play out at Heinz Field? I like the Bills on this one. I do. Uh, I just don't see a lot of advantages for the Steelers on paper, and I think it's going to be low scoring, a slugfest, rock fight, whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to say Buffalo sneaks out with a 16-10 victory against the Steelers' offense that just struggles to move the ball. All right, I'm writing this all down now so we can keep this. Well, see, I didn't even want to talk because I'm in a weird space right now because usually I'm like, I can see that, I like that. But then I'm like, no, 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 it's Pittsburgh. So, uh, yeah, I'm just – it's got to be a rough week for you. It is. It is. I just want to defer. You know, Two franchises and fan bases near and dear to you. Yes. And they're yes. grilling them on Twitter already. Are they? Know? Oh, we yeah. The I, tweets here. Listen, I have to go back Notes, and forth. be honest. Who's your favorite? Man yeah. up and answer the question. Hey, 22 I, minutes ago from Bishop on I, Twitter. I, I, I do Steeler Radio. Then I call in and do a Buffalo show. I did. You know, it's just back and forth, back and forth, man. It's yeah, crazy. he's doing Buffalo Radio. Yes, but, last night he's doing DVE yeah. morning show this but morning. Buffalo is what? Like your high school sweetheart and the Steelers are like the girl that you met at that college? I, that, that I married, yeah. you know? That's a good analogy. Yeah. See, I don't even want to go down that memory lane right there. That's oh, bad news. My, like my boo is playing in Moats' head right hey, now. <laughs> we, we ain't going there, baby. No, 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 I no, no, like no. like that analogy, <laughs> Mr. Beck. Let, let's just keep it like, you know, you got two nice cars. One was your first car, and then one was the car once you made it. Like, well, yeah, sure, but the Lamborghini gets the better spot in the garage than the Dodge Charger. You oh, know? without a doubt. Come on now. Yeah. Brian Backel of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, kind enough to join us at this time every Thursday before we let him jet off to practice. Mr. Backel, thank you for the snacks, as always. Uh, Lay's chips and bananas this week. Always I love comes it. with gifts. Like, you know, he's got the unhealthy-ish snacks with the Lay's, although they're baked Lay's. Shout out. Uh, as long as it's baked, it's healthy. And bro. he's got the – is banana fruit or vegetable? Vegetable, right? <laughs> no, sir. It's, it's a fruit. It's a fruit. Bro, what? Come you on, can tell, You can tell. Whoa. You can tell. Listen, I, I'm, I'm sitting here with two highly educated guys, all right? I'm a little wow. out of my element here, all right? Uh, you get the you get your health bases covered you were and your snack, with me, man. snack bases covered. Yeah, yeah. My my mom, the nurse, would be very disappointed oh in me God. as well too. Hopefully, she's not listening right <laughs> hey, now. Hey, are grapes or fruit or vegetables? I just you know, I'm just curious. What are chips? <laughs> chips are uh, yeah, they're chips good. Are vegetables, right? <laughs> they're Potatoes, good. Potatoes, vegetables, right? It's a starch, but it's cool. Find his work in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Find him on Twitter at Brian Backo. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade, buddy. Thanks for joining us as always. Sure thing, guys. Have a good one. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about Marquis Pouncey in that Man of the Year announcement. Moats' experience. We'll make him. We'll ask him the hard questions about oh, Buffalo yeah. and Pittsburgh oh, yeah. when we return inside the Electric Factory. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SN. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's going to be 
hot ticket. Sunday night, primetime, Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We discussed it a little bit there, Motsi, but I wanted to get into it a little bit more here. Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia, the short trip. What is it, about three and a half, four hours? Three hours far? tops, baby. Three hours tops, really? Three and a half if you're driving slow. Wow. Yes, indeed. I got to say, I've only made that trip once, and it was ten years ago. Serious. So, yeah, for uh, the NCAA basketball tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, 2009, the year that WVU went to the Final Four, yeah. actually. Um, I was a fresh. Oh, that's why I thought it was four, four and a half hours, because I was coming from Morgantown, which is an oh, extra correct. hour or so yes. to Pittsburgh. So there yeah. you go. Um, me and some buddies drove up for the opening weekend. WVU played Weber State and then Missouri to clinch a spot in the Sweet 16. We went up and spent the weekend in Buffalo. It was a lot of fun. That's actually the only time I've ever been to Buffalo. Interesting. Um, so this would have been it would have been March of 2010. Okay. Um, my, it would have been towards the end of my freshman year of college. And I've actually got a really good story for you about my one time Ooh, in Buffalo. You'll okay. like this. Okay. Um, so, of course, right, we go to Buffalo, and aside from Mountaineer hoops, right, the only thing that was on our mind, of course, was getting some wings. Ooh, you know, had to go to Duff's that. and oh. had to go to the Anchor Bar. Which one did you like better? I really liked them both, but I think Duff's. Interesting. You like Anchor Bar more? I am. I'm not the, the soupy bowl of sausage yeah. type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. They were good, though. Maybe here I, I had the better experience at Anchor Bar, okay, though, and here's the story for you. Okay, okay. So Anchor Bar is not far from – it was like HSBC Arena back yes, then. Yeah, changed Key Bank. You know, it's like yeah, it's, Key Bank Pavilion now. I think that's what they call it's it. It's the equivalent yeah. of PPG here. It's where the Sabers yeah. play. What, what did they used to call it before PPG? Uh, console Energy. Center. Console, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so it's that equivalent in Buffalo. It's where the Sabers play. It's where they have a lot of concerts and events and stuff like that. It's their, you know, it's their indoor arena, right? right. Um, so that's where all the basketball games were, obviously. So WVU beats. Weber State, I'm pretty sure it was, or Nickel State, one of those schools in the in the first, one of those states in the in the first round. And so we're like, all right, before we go back to our hotel, we got to walk to Anchor Bar, you know, like mm. we 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 got to check this Old out. To we got to get this, these wings. Yep. So we go in, right? And obviously, Motsi, you know, we're all decked out in WVU stuff. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're there for the tournament. And playing later that night, they were the number one seed in Buffalo, or the Syracuse Orangemen. Ooh. So we go in. It's me. There was four of us. So me and three of my buddies, and again, all decked out in WVU stuff. And we sit down. And this was still we're still in the Big East at this time. So mm -hmm. we're still playing Syracuse twice right, every right. year. It's still a big deal. Twice in basketball and football is still a bit of a rivalry. Yeah, definitely the better team too. <laughs> well, in basketball, not that year though. We went to the Final Four and won the Big East tournament, baby. Right. Um, so we go and sit down, right? And there is this huge table of Syracuse people mm. where they sit us next to. Mm -hmm. And you know how Arthur Motes sometimes you just around a group of people and you could just tell they have money by what's on their dinner table yep. and the way they're dressed and the way they're talking and carrying and all nice watches on and all dressed to the nines and looking good and they have a limousine picking them out up the front of the anchor Big bar like time. it was clear these guys had some money and so we sit down and there's four of us and there's probably 12 to 15 Syracuse people and you know they're good-natured fun right. oh you know here come the mountaineers watch yourself. everybody hide the moonshine hide your couches you know right, just right. The, the standard banter but we sit down, and our waitress comes over. She takes our drink orders. That table gets up. You know, we have nice back and forth, you guys in school. Yeah, this and that. Oh, that's awesome. Welcome to Buffalo, first-timers. They get up and leave. Well, our waitress comes over. Uh-oh. And we go to order, right? We say, like, yeah, like, we're ready to order whenever you're ready. No rush because it was packed in there. Right. And she goes, oh, no, they already took care of you. Ooh. They bought us 100 wings, Mozi. Wow. Uh. There's only four flavors there, yes. right? There's like mild, spicy, hot, and then it's like and the, barbecue, the, maybe. Yeah. So three flavors of hot and barbecue. They got but, us, but the one hot is like uncomfortable. Uncomfortable hot. hot. Yeah. They got us 
four orders of 25 wings each That's dope. of all four of their they ordered us 100 wings That's those nice. got like like $80 worth of wings would you have done that pay, for them I mean, if I had the money to. Uh, I didn't. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> good see, answer. I was in college. Good I don't even answer. know if I had eighty dollars in my bank account. <laughs> hey, hey, good answer. I like that answer. But, so because of that, I've always had a positive feelings about people from Buffalo and Syracuse because we sat down and they didn't even yeah. tell us. They just said, "Enjoy, you know, oh man, college. You know, we love those times. Enjoy mm. your weekend here in Buffalo." Got up, bought us eighty dollars worth mm. of wings on their way out. So I love the Anchor Bar. That's tight, man. Love Buffalo. That was my experience. Um, but man, Motsi, it's a hot ticket. Uh, average price two hundred and seventy dollars, up nineteen percent from the Steelers' average price. Wow! So when I see that, Motsi, when I see that reported in the Sports Business Journal this morning, uh, and that the average price of an NFL ticket is one hundred and sixty dollars, they're going for two hundred and seventy almost at Heinz Field. Mm. I gotta think a lot of Bills Mafia is planning on making that trip down here. Yeah, without a doubt, man. I know from the people that I've talked to that I still keep in touch with in terms of Bills Mafia fans and things like that. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a good amount of them down here making the trip. And for them, they're excited because this is one of their first prime, like we talked about, primetime Sunday night games in over, what, 12 years? 2007. So, so, so with that being the case, this is a big deal. And the playoff ramifications, they know if they win, they essentially clinch a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. They They also know that – if they win, this will be their first 10-win season in a while. I mean, the list just goes on and on in terms of what they accomplish yeah. by getting a win. And, obviously, it's the Steelers. And you already know what that draw is like. I mean, it's a five-star matchup. Always. That, that's When I see those secondary ticket prices going up, right, that means it's because I feel like a lot of people are coming from out of town, a Absolutely. lot of eyeballs. It's going it, to – I, I like what you equated it to there. I mean, I don't, I don't think – you know what it's like for for a Yinzer? It's like when the Pirates, right, had that wild card game at home against the Reds in 2013. Mm-hmm. If you're a big baseball fan, if you're you were a big Pirates fan, you were at that game Absolutely. because your whole life, I mean, you know, unless you're a Bills fan who's in your, your 40s or 50s, if, right. if you're someone who has, you know, been 20 years, 30 years, you haven't had something. You've been waiting for this. And I think that's how it's going to be for, I mean, 12 years since they played in one, there's going to be a lot of fans who are just – this is like, okay, we're going. No no questions asked. We're not yeah. missing it. It's like my wife knows, Motsi. If WVU ever makes it to the Big 12 championship oh, game, you're in there. we're going to Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, there's no questions asked. There's no financial concerns. We're buying plane tickets, and we're flying to Dallas on Friday See, for the game s- on Saturday. Similar situation. My wife already knows once this, uh, the JMU Deuce make it to Frisco. To the, the national, national championship, championship game? Hey, we're on the first day smoking. We're yep. out there. Yep. The only reason I didn't go to pass two times they went because I had Steeler games those weekends. That was it. <laughs> I mean, literally, last year, right, when WVU lost to Oklahoma, which was that Big 12 championship yes. play-in last year, uh-huh. when they beat us by three in Morgantown the day after Thanksgiving, I was that at the – was a lot. Would you relax? <laughs> uh, 14th winningest college football program of all time. Yeah, it, it, didn't, it doesn't count when it was in the 50s, though. Oh, we stunk in the 50s. <laughs> um, my wife texts me after the game, and she goes, so I don't need to make reservations for a hotel in Dallas. And I almost texted her back and said, I'm bringing divorce papers home. Oh, wow. There's just certain things. Like I said, I think that Pirates, that's really the only way we could equate it here in Pittsburgh. We've seen the Penguins have so much success. We've seen the Steelers have so much success. It was like that Pirates wildcard game where you had had generations, you had had decades of waiting. And I think that's it for the Bills here. They're playing Sunday night against the Steelers where, not that that's a rivalry game, but, you know, Buffalo and Pittsburgh are two cities that, like you said, three hours apart, not far right. apart. There's been a lot of that. You know, anytime the Steelers play up there, there's always a good contingent of Steelers fans that travels up there. Uh, Bill's Mafia likes to travel in general. We know that. They showed up very well against the Giants and the Jets on the road this season. They usually 
even though their record hasn't been so great. They they usually have a lot of fans that travel to Foxborough Very for that true. Patriots game every year. It's I, I'm jealous of you because you're going to be there, right? You'll be at the game. Yeah, it's, I'm going to be down there, man. You know, I got I to keep, my finger, I gotta keep my finger on the pulse of Steeler Nation. Do. I'll have you text the tailgate me scene. about the crab fries you the have tailgates. A piece. If I don't have a chicky piece, what am I doing with my life? That's the real question. I, I wonder, too, how if a lot of Bills fans do come down and buy tickets on secondary markets and find their way into Heinz Field, I wonder how that's received by Steelers fans. Because, <laughs> I mean – it's one of those things where we love it to go to other people's houses. I was going to say, we can't be hypocrites we now. We love it to go to other people's houses and make some noise. Yes. Maybe no. even take over that house. And I'm not – Take pride in it. There's no way that, that a fan base is going to come to Heinz Field and take over. Even though I will say – But they could make no, some no, noise. No, no, Even though I will say 2016. Okay. Dallas Cowboys come to Pittsburgh. There were a lot of Cowboys fans a there. A ton of Cowboys fans there. I remember watching yes. that on TV and being like, wow. I mean, when we came on the field, I was like, whoa, when what Zeke, is this? When Zeke yes. busted that run at the why, end of the that, game. See, why you want to bring up old stuff? Well, you're always the why, one no, who, no, 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 no. Don't bring that up. All right, well, you keep your West Virginia daggers on your uh, tool I'm belt I'm just saying, there, that's, that's different. This is this is Steeler Nation Radio, not West Virginia Nation Radio, all right? So I can take every shot at West Virginia. You can't be bringing up that traumatic event that transpired. At Highsville? Hey, we can only experience the highest of highs without the lowest of lows, Come baby. Come on, man. Jeez. I mean, you guys went from that to, what, you didn't lose another game and, yeah. until the AFC Championship game? Correct. So your season ended out a lot better than the Cowboys did. Very true. They Was that the year that they lost to the Packers yes, on that Des crazy? Right. Yeah. Oh, the catch, no catch. Yeah. I'd say your season had a, had it a, better, like it was a, had catch. a better end to yeah. it than theirs did. It sure did look like it was a catch. <laughs> Wait, hold on though. That can't. Be... No, was that that year? No, no, no. Because no, I was Romo throwing that. Because Zeke wasn't on that team. You're yeah, right. Was you're, right you're right. You're right. That would have been the year before. It was then. the year that they, they lost to the Packers. Remember, um, it was the Randall Cobb catch, like falling down on the sideline, right. and then the Packers yes. hit a last second you're field right. goal to beat them in Jerry you're World. Right. Yeah. They lost. To the, what, what, that would have been what? What year was that then when they lost to the? Packers? It would have been the year before. So 2015, 14, or 15 to 14. 14. One of those years. It was whatever year it was that the Patriots beat the uh, Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Because the Seahawks beat the pa- or the yeah the Seahawks beat right, the Packers right. yeah. in the NFC Championship right. game because it was like the Packers had that epic game against the Cowboys and then yes. they had the epic one against the Seahawks Correct. the very next week. Yeah, man, it's crazy how the years like we talk about that and it seems like yeah. it was yesterday. I mean, that Dez catch was four years ago. Yeah, wow, it's crazy how time flies. <laughs> crazy how you you don't make that catch and everything changes. <laughs> one hour in the books when we come back here. Oh, man, we got a jam-packed second hour. Three-question Thursday. We'll get to your reactions on Twitter. But I do want to talk uh, more about Marquise Pouncey and the Man of the Year stuff, as well as some interesting comments by Roger Goodell at the Winter League meetings yesterday. We will get into all of that in hour two. You can chime in on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. It's Euler Remotes inside the Electric Factory. You're listening to Steely Blitz on SNR. Steeler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm cold. Well, that's good. Euler Motes with you here. 
block from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A snowy Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it, it, Motsi. Yeah. And very cold, by the way. Last night, things got a little dicey last night. It did. I tell you what, wifey sent me to the grocery store at like 7.30, and what normally takes me five, six minutes to the grocery store took me like 15 minutes yeah. to the grocery store because there was some of that white powder coming down. I do. I love everything about snow except for what it does to traffic. That's it. That's my only beef with snow. Okay, okay, fair enough. Is everyone just gets petrified, you know, and won't go any faster than 20 miles an hour, even if it's like living in Winchester, Virginia, Motsi, like our buddy Thrash, you yeah, know? Yeah, shout out to Thrash Metal Guy, man. Is that how it was where you grew up, like an inch of snow and everything was canceled? What? Absolutely. I'm Virginia Beach, man. Yeah. What? If it, when it starts getting below 30s, it's like, yo, this is weird. What are we doing right now? Yeah. I, I, I how much know. snow did you guys get, like, the per most year? snow we ever had was, like, I think the biggest snowstorm, we probably got like six inches. Okay. And that was like a big deal. We were out there trying to make snowmen. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, would you get school canceled almost every year because of snow or no? Yes. Is it just, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you guys would get snow, not a crazy yeah, amount. But, but, no, you'd no, get no. It. but this is the thing, though. It's like we would only get probably one to two days canceled, and it would literally be a dusting. Right. And that's going to count school for us. Right. Yeah. So, it, and it was times where even the thought of snow, we were going to cancel class. Yes. So that's why I'm like, it's drastically different than places like here where it snows and he's like oh it's just snow day we ain't worried about that we driving through yeah yeah right no I, I honestly moats i remember i would wake up all the time when i was you know middle school high school and those nights where you knew it was going to snow or it was supposed to snow the next morning you wake up right and right away you look out the window it's the oh, first thing you check yeah. first thing you check and for me right yeah if it was just like two three inches of snow i was like dang it hey. we probably don't even have a two-hour delay today yeah you know but if there was if there was some nice you know you couldn't see anything except for snow that was always the good you know if all the grass was covered in the trees like if you couldn't if you couldn't see any green or brown you were like all right we got a chance see, we maybe, there's no, that. maybe there's no snow today we actually had one time where we got like legit snow and it was around christmas time it was like the coolest thing ever the best until we realized like oh we're like this for a whole week because we had to wait for everything to melt because we didn't have snow trucks and salt trucks in there i i had no clue about that stuff time went to buffalo mm-hmm. about like oh you're supposed to put uh the the salt down and they got trucks they come and move the snow off the street nah we never saw that we had no clue what that was so it's just like all right guys we gotta wait this out <laughs> and after a day or two you're like all right, it could go now. I'm, I'm, I want to just go back to regular yeah. living. Like, this is cool. <laughs> All right. It was fun for like a day, right. and then now I'm, I'm, I'm cool on that. I'm like, literally everything is closed. I can't go here. I can't do that. Like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, I, I love it and I hate it at the same time. But we are broadcasting live from the south side on Pittsburgh of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, down here at the Rooney Sports Complex, having some fun on a Thursday. Arthur Motes, a guy who has had an interesting season is one Marquise Pouncey. Loses his franchise quarterback, his guy, Big Ben, uh, number seven, six quarters into the season. Of course, all the stuff that transpired in Cleveland. Now he's being nominated. And and I love this because I really like the guys that do a lot of charity work. They do a lot of good for their communities, but it's not necessarily always publicized, right? Correct. And and I think that's that's Marquise Pouncey to a T. He does so much that people don't understand. Like when it was announced that he was the Steelers man of the year nominee, a lot of people outside of Pittsburgh, right? Like I saw Missy Matthews, man, she, she unloaded the chopper on some dude from San Diego because there were a lot of people from Pittsburgh that were making jokes. Like 
Wait, wait, Marquise Pouncey is your man of the year nominee? Ooh, like, right. Like, what, for his ability to protect quarterbacks <laughs> from melee? Like, you know what I mean? Right, for, right. Like, people were making jokes like, oh, what's he the man of the year nominee for, for standing up for Mason Rudolph? And, and, and Missy actually clapped back at some reporter from San Diego who was like, no, actually, he does X, Y, and Z, yeah. and, and this, this, and that, and the no, Pouncey he, he Foundation. He does a ton of stuff, man. And I know you know that. Yeah, like, firsthand, he, he does just a lot. And it's always funny because – I would always say to him, like, man, why do you never talk about it? Not even a little bit. And he's just like, nah, just that's not what I do. That's not why he does it. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it was I think it was dope by him because I always tell people it's, you you love to see both sides of it. I was like, obviously you have people who promote everything that they do. And it is a time and a place for that because it helps raise awareness sure. of some of those organizations. Absolutely. But when you get a guy like Pouncey, who I'm talking about the amount of money he pours into these communities. Over $10 million the Team Pouncey Foundation yes. has provided. And, and that's the thing. Like, people don't understand. And I tell I'm like, yo, when it's that large of a number. <laughs> that's a huge Like, number. that's a lot to just not be talked about, man. And, and that's the thing. But the thing that I always was uh, fond of what he does in, in terms of the uh, Marquis Pouncey Foundation is the, the inner city and police um, he has something where they yes. essentially so, have those uh, – they, they bridge the gap between them, man, having conversations, meetings. They actually uh, go to games together as well, man. Yes. They'll go to uh, to Hinesville, watch the Steelers game, the police with some of the inner city youth. And it's huge because me being a guy from an inner city community, we talk about that being the disconnect. We talk sure. about how initially your view towards law enforcement is drastically different sure. than people that grew up in other places. And maybe law enforcement's view towards you can, is, can is be different, different as well, yeah. too. Yeah. So I always thought it was, like, awesome to hear about those programs. And then, obviously, me and him talked a little bit about some of that stuff when I did – we were doing the ride-alongs as well. Sure. Just to see, like, okay, well, this is some of the things you're doing, see if we can coordinate on things. But, like, with Pouncey, man, he's an awesome guy in that regard that he definitely doesn't get the credit he deserves with the things that he does in that field. His work with the Pittsburgh Food Bank provides hundreds of meals for every families. Thanksgiving, every Thanksgiving. Donates yeah. tickets to the Pittsburgh police to take city youth to Steelers games. And over $10 million the Team Pouncey Foundation has donated. That is why he is your Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hasn't uh, Brian Bacco said this? 2001 since the last time a Steeler won it. Jerome Bettis. Hey, we got to get the Steelers. Back yeah, up, man. Back up winning that Walter Payton Man Give us of the some Year love. award. Give us some respect. Uh, some other guys nominated some some well-known names. Uh, David Johnson of the Cardinals, Lorenzo Alexander for the Bills. Yeah, Lorenzo does an awesome job up in Buffalo as well, Cam man. Newton, Jarvis Landry, Travis Frederick, Pierre Desir, my guy from the Colts. Remember all offseason yeah. I was banging the Pierre Desir drum? Yeah, yeah, uh, you're Pierre guy. Kyle Van Noy, Malcolm Jenkins, Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, Mike Evans, a lot of big names in there. Arthur Motes, you are a guy who has been nominated by two different organizations. Uh, what is this when you are – well, I guess I should ask you first the process. Is it is it the team who decides this? Is it the coaches? Is it a collaborative effort? And then what does that mean to receive recognition, a recognition like this, uh, from your peers, from your coaches, from, you know, from your coworkers, if you will? No, man, first off, it's a huge honor. It's a very humbling honor. And is voted upon amongst your players and coaches. And okay. it's something that you don't take lightly because you understand, first off, Walter Payton and what he stood for. And then you think about all the guys in the history of your organization and the history of the NFL to mm. win the award, and you understand the significance behind it. It's not something that you take lightly. And for the players, man, when you receive that award, that is really – it puts a recognition on the level of outreach you're doing because – 
anybody can show up to an appearance. Anybody can cut a check to an organization. But for you to win that award, you really have to the, – the, 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 the amount of work you put in on the field, you have to be matching that off the field. And I think that's what makes it so unique and so special and why it's held in such a high regard league-wide because you don't just stumble across it. It's not like the Pro Bowl where it's a popularity thing. It's not like some of these other awards where it's solely based on your athletic ability. This is, hey, it doesn't matter who you are, how much of an impact are you making in these cities that you're playing in. You have this platform. What are you doing with it? So for you to get to the level where you're being voted upon amongst your teammates Mm -hmm. and coaching staff, that's letting everyone know that you really mean business in terms of your outreach and your impact. Four Pittsburgh Steelers have won the award in the past. Franco Harris in 76. Franco! Mean Joe Green. He wasn't so mean off the field in 1979 when he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 1981, Lynn Swan. Uh, those were the, the three uh, of the you know the Steelers of yore, if you will. And then again, like we mentioned, Jerome Bettis in 2001. Yep. Uh, Drew Brees has won this award. Peyton Manning has won this award. And Larry Fitzgerald won it, right? Larry Fitzgerald won it a few Eli years ago. They it. split, didn't they, a couple yeah, years yeah. ago? That was the year, actually, for me. Yeah. Okay. Larry, Larry and Eli, they split. J.J. Uh, Watts won it. Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson won yeah. it, I remember. Kurt Warner won it one year. Uh, certainly, yeah. It, it's not something that it, – when it comes to the official awarding of the award, we do pay attention to that. But I like how this has brought into light Motsi, just even for the guys who don't necessarily win it, right? The good work that they're doing. I I like how it seems like every year this becomes something that we try and push to the forefront more and more. And just with – it's the constant news cycle, Motsi. I don't care if it's football. I don't care if it's sports. I don't care if it's politics and and world events. It just seems like it's always so much negativity, right, in the news and in our discussions that we're having as societies. So much of it can always be negative-based. I like it when positive, when good, when feel good stuff like this gets pushed to the forefront. Hey man, you know you preach to the choir when it comes to that, baby. I'm the the main guy that loves to talk positivity. Mm-hmm. Enough of the negative. Let's talk positivity. Let's baby. talk positivity. And speaking of which, if people want to hear more of your positivity, it's true. Motestheory.com. Yes, indeed. Get man. yourself a copy of the book. Motes Theory of Life. It's been a few. It's been a little while since we pumped it on the You're show. Right, man. Pump it the tires hey, there know, a little I bit. appreciate you, man. You know, I, I'm. Oh, yeah. But, no, it's an awesome thing, man, if you're trying to find inspiration, if you're trying to become a person of impact and just ultimately, man, just become a better person at any stage of your life. That's what the book is about. That's what it's for. I talk about my personal experiences and how I've come up with a method to help me be successful, to help me overcome obstacles and just continue to excel at life, man. I feel like we all can do that. So, yeah, if you haven't got a copy yet, make sure you order. It will be available by Christmas. I just went and signed some more books this morning, actually, man. So There you go. Yeah, you got about a week before uh, that Christmas crowd <laughs> before is Before the Christmas pre-orders yeah. get cut off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have obviously a lot, of, a lot of the man of the year qualities in one Arthur Motes. It's part of why I love doing the show with you, part of why you're so embraced by, by the Bills Mafia and by Steeler Nation. But you know, mom of the year, Motsi, Oh. might go to one Cookie Edmonds. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The, getting a shout out from Coach Tomlin on Absolutely. Tuesday in the press conference. The uh, the whole Edmonds clan, whole Edmonds crew, going to be they here. Deep. They deep. Sunday night. Uh, Sunday's contest. Get this. Expected to be the first known NFL game in 92 years with three brothers on the same field. All active, too. All active, like, too. That's the crazy part. It really is. And, and two of them first-round picks. And yeah. I, I, I want, we 
should have discussed this maybe a little bit more with Backo when we were talking about the Bills' defense. I think Tremaine Edmonds is one of the most underrated players in the National Football League. He, oh, without a doubt. I think he's one of the best five linebackers in football. You know, interior guys especially, and nobody talks about him. Um, I, I talked about this a little bit with Matt Williamson on Monday, and Williamson said, Motsi, that he thinks by this time next year that um, – that Edmonds, that Tremaine Edmonds will be the new Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley. that he'll be like the undisputed best interior traditional middle linebacker in football. Uh, you've, you've obviously got Terrell here who is, is having a great year along with that Steelers secondary. There's going to be, there is, it'll be a nice little Edmonds family reunion on Sunday. No one's going to be having more fun than the Edmonds family Sunday at Heinz field. No, I agree 100%. And when you talk about uh, Tremaine, he is so good. I mean, he rangy, so good. size, can hit, can move. Like, you, he checks all the boxes. And he looks just like a freak. Like, he doesn't look like he should be able to move like that at that size. And, yeah, he's one of those guys that he hasn't benefited from the national media because he's been playing in Buffalo and hasn't had that spotlight. But his game's like the Thanksgiving game. Mm-hmm. His game's like this one coming up on Sunday night that gets him a chance to display what he can truly do on a larger platform. He's only 21 years old. That's oh, yeah. the craziest they were part. Babies coming in. It's his second year in the league, and he's only 21 years old. He hasn't yeah. missed a snap for the Bills' defense to date. Yeah. In 13 games, he's got 97 tackles, sack and a half, eight passes defend, defensed, eight passes defensed, one interception. Uh, and there'll be a lot of Edmonds brothers on the field because Terrell has played with 98% of the Steelers. There must be something in, the, in, that, in those family, that lineage, yeah, that DNA, man. never coming off the field there, Motsi. Unreal. It's certainly – there's a lot of subplots. We've discussed some of them uh, to Bill's Steelers this Sunday, right? You've got Bill's Mafia and Steelers Nation. You've got the, the jockeying of position for a wild card. You've got Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin. Yeah, two old, two old college football teammates coaching against each other. A, a you lot got of the quarterback narratives as well, man. Yeah, Duck and Josh Allen. Yeah, a, a lot of interesting, you know, subplots to this game. But uh, but the Edmonds, the Edmonds family reunion, the Edmonds family lineage, certainly one of them. On Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. Three questions and three guarantees on a Thursday. It's Can't one of wait. our it's one of our favorite times of the week. Coming up next, we'll get our three questions and our three guarantees of the week. So don't go anywhere. We will also wrap up the show, as always, with your reactions. So get those questions in now. At Wesley Euler, at the Body 52. The Body. Three question and three guarantee Thursday when we return inside the Electric Factory. You are listening to Euler and Motes at Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Three questions and three guarantees on a Thursday. Arthur Motes, I I got some good ones for you today. I got some. We're going to embrace debate. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some turkey. Not the food, though. Okay. Bowling. But we'll get to all that okay. in just a minute. Let's I go like with the it. three guarantees first, right? Okay. I've got three guarantees for you, uh, and I'm looking to bounce back because full transparency. Listen, you know Arthur Motes. <laughs> I don't mind making fun of myself a couple times. I did it yesterday on the show with the whole Patriots thing during Best of the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went 0 for 3 on my guarantees last week. 
First, no, it was the first time since we started doing this that I was 0 for 3. I mean, I've been 1 for 2 a few times. First time I went 0 for. So I'm looking to get back on the saddle. I'm looking to, uh, you know, pick up a little bit of a hitting streak here. You know, bump my batting average up, if you will. So three guarantees. Here is guarantee number one. The under is hitting. All right? It it started at 38.5. That's where the over-under for this game opened up. Right, right. It's moved down now to 36.5. I don't feel as great about 36.5 as I do 38.5, obviously, but I don't care. It's still, I don't even care if you got it at 38.5, 37.5, 36.5. The under is hitting, Arthur Motes. I don't see more than 30 points being scored in this game. Combi- uh, you know, combined I, by both teams, obviously. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, man. It's not happening. Uh, the under is I feel hitting. Like both of these defenses are too stingy. Yeah. And let's be real, both of these offenses aren't putting up a ton of points like that on a weekly basis. I mean, even if the final score is 20 to 14. That's still not enough I agree. for the over to hit. So, guarantee number one, the under is hitting. I think that's a that's a popular take. That's a popular take, a guarantee, a popular bet amongst Bills and Steelers circles this week. So, maybe I'm not putting myself out there. But I am with these last two, Motsi, because I'm going to buck some trends here, if you Ooh, will. Ooh, okay, okay. Let's get after it then. All right. The Steelers have not scored two offensive touchdowns in the same game for seven weeks, six or seven weeks now. If you include last week, I think it's six weeks. Yeah. Does that sound right? Because I think it was the Dolphins yeah. was the last time. Do, do we count punt returns? No, I guess that's no, special teams. No, that's right. special teams. Yeah. Yeah. Steelers are going to score two offensive touchdowns Sunday night at Heinz Field. And I'm putting myself oh, out there with man. that one. I'm putting myself out there with that one. That's a bold statement, buddy. Two offensive touchdowns for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, Sunday night at Heinz Field. I know that's going to be a tough one. That's yeah, going to be a tough one. I don't know about that. I'm not seeing that one right now. Was it? I think it was the Dolphins game the last time. Yeah, because. Cardinals, uh, Browns, Bengals, Browns, Rams, Colts. Yeah, the Dolphins game was the last time. It's been six games since the Steelers scored more James than one. That Connor and Juju, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. That's tough. I'm putting myself and, out and there. This, this is going to be their best defense that they've faced yeah. since all that. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, other than, what, the Niners in week two? Or week three, that was. You could argue best defense the Steelers have played all year, certainly. Yep. We'll see. And listen, to steal a term from Mr. Backo, you know, this can be by hook or by crook, all right? They can have one, like, 65-yard drive, and then they can have one layup where the defense gives them the ball, you know, like the seven-yard line with a turnover or something. This can be by hook or crook. This doesn't have to be two long, sustained drives, but two offensive touchdowns for the Steelers. Hey, it could happen. Guarantee number three, Arthur Motes. Another thing that is against trends here, if you will. Uh, 16 straight games now dating back to last year. The Steelers offense has had a turnover. Yes. Oh, no man. offensive turnover for Jeez. the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. How about that, Motesy? They're going to play ball oh, security. They're going to take care of the ball. No interceptions, no fumbles for the offense. See, I want this to be true. <laughs> you and me both. I need this to be true. You so and me bad. both. But it's like they just find a way to keep the streak alive. It's crazy. They just find a way. We want them to find ways in other avenues, not in this avenue. <laughs> I'm a betting man. I'm playing the odds, and it's not like Blackjack where, hey, man, he can't hit you with that two times in a row or three times in a row or four times in a row. Right now the dealer is on a heater, so I'm going to roll with the dealer and say that, hey, the turnover streak continues, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so those are your three guarantees on a Thursday. The under is hitting. Two offensive touchdowns for the Steelers and no offensive turnover for the Steelers. Let's see if they can uh, if they can get some trends moving in the other direction, Motsi. Time now for three-question Thursday, a three-pack of questions Here we go. for Arthur Motes. You know the drill. Two of these center around football topics that are outside of the Steelers' bubble, and then the last one is usually something that we like to have a little bit of fun with. Number one, Arthur Motes, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, Vic Fangio, which I still contend is like the coolest head coaching name it's in the dope name. Vic Fangio. I mean, come on. You could be an actor. Vic Fangio, it sounds like a lead in a, yeah. in a Scorsese movie. I mean, he could be just a, a you know, like, um, what's his name? The, the British guy, uh, you know, Gordon Ramsay. Like, ah, Vic Fangio could it. be, a, he could he could be a, oh, Vic Fangio. Right. Very fancy restaurant in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, or he could be the head coach of the Denver Broncos, which he is. Uh, and he said at winter meetings this week, uh, he told Nine News Denver um, that his suggestion is, with the current league format with 32 teams that uh, each team should drop – or that the National Football League, pardon me, should drop divisions and just have conferences. So, in Vic Fangio's Whoa. words, he said, you've got 16 in each conference, right? I don't think there should be divisions. Everybody should play each other once. That's 15 games. Then for the 16th game, you play a natural rival from the other conference. Jets and Giants, Eagles, Steelers. A natural rival. Texans, Cowboys, etc. That keeps it at 16 uh. games. But you avoid the problem. And this is all Vic Fangio that I'm quoting here. You avoid the problem that's going to happen this year where an 8-8 eight eight team is hosting a 12-4 team. That's Vic, happened before. Vic Fangio wants to eliminate divisions, Arthur Motes. What say you? Uh, I don't agree with him. I think that that's just a part of the parody of the NFL. Sometimes you do have those wacky seedings like that where you'll have a team that is 500 or worse. You think that Seahawks team that played the 11-5 and uh, New Orleans Saints in Seattle. It happens. But at the same time, if that 11-5 and team, that 12-4 team is legit, they should find ways to win, which we saw the Seahawks were able to beat that Saints team that year. So I think in that regard – there is no need to get rid of the divisions. I think they bring a special rivalry in itself. They do. And, and I think that's They cultivate cool. rivalries. And, and just because of the amount of times you're playing these teams, the familiarity with them when you're playing the same teams for multiple years, I think all of that helps out with the fan experience and the overall brand of the game. That's what we talk about in college football when a team has been in the ACC for so long and then they jump conferences – throws off their rivals. They don't have any rivals. Yeah, I think you're talking about, to somebody who's lived that out the yeah, last eight years. Absolutely. And, and I look at a team like ODU, for example, in football. Initially, they started out in our conference in the CAA, and they had natural rivals with JMU, uh, with William & Mary, with uh, Delaware or Richmond. Just because of the location, they jumped Conference USA. Their nearest rival is who? It's not Charlotte anymore because Charlotte's not in the conference. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not down there no more. Mm -hmm. So they're playing teams in Texas as a, as a rival. It's not the same. Right. It, it throws – it's not. Everything and I, as, as someone who moved from the Big East to the Big 12, I can tell you it's not the same. And from a fan experience, yeah, absolutely. It, it makes your experience less memorable. It, it doesn't have the same type of significance, and that's the thing that I think you want to avoid. And especially when you talk about the NFL, which makes it so pure at that level. That's the only semblance of a collegiate rivalry is your division games. Right. If you take that away, you lose all of that, and now these games lose that same type of value and experience for everybody included. Yeah, there's there's two things that I hate about it, 
and one thing that I think would actually be a benefit. The two things that I hate about it, you just alluded to, you would miss out on those double division games every Correct. year, right? So you all of a sudden you wouldn't be playing the Ravens twice every year. You wouldn't be playing the Browns twice every year. You wouldn't be play, playing the Bengals twice every year. And I think like you just alluded to, that would knock off the luster of a lot. of. If you're not seeing Packers-Bears twice a year, right? If it's only once a year, that's not, the, not same. the same. Yeah. Steelers-Ravens once a year, that's not the same. And then and as awesome a fan base, you only get to see that team come to your, and your barn say, twice or every other year, I should say. I was going to say, that's what makes it awesome is the fact that it's a home-and-home home series right. every year. Right, We go to Cleveland. we got to deal with their nastiness. Then they got to come here and deal with our nastiness. I think that is the part that makes it awesome all parties and even players like I know as a player you think it's fun if we just play Cleveland Baltimore and Cincy in Pittsburgh like no you want to go no, I want to go to your house too Absolutely. I want I want to come to your house put my feet on your couch and move your furniture around and tell your make your fans go quiet Absolutely. T -t tell your mama to cook my dinner like I want to do that I can't do that if you just come to my house yeah. though it's not the same type of you know uh I don't even know the words for it but you friction, friction, yeah. <laughs> I want that static when I'm, and I need to take it to yield turf every once in a while. The other thing that I would hate about it is what we just saw last week: the traveling fan bases. If you're only playing one NFC team, and I guess I mean you could still have there's right. AFC teams. You know, you got San Diego, or there I go. <laughs> you've got the Los, <laughs> you've got the Los Angeles Chargers. So there would be trips to the West Coast and things like that. But it wouldn't be the same, I don't think, as these teams that you only see every four years, that you only go to their place every eight years, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's like next year, right? The Eagles come here to Pittsburgh next year as part of that, and the Steelers will go to Dallas. So all those Steelers fans that live in Texas that know that every eight years they get the Steelers coming to their hometown, right? right? Like when the Steelers went out to Philadelphia three years ago, all those displaced Yinzers and Steelers fans oh, who live out yeah. in the Philly area, like you would lose that. You'd lose that, all right, well, I know that, you know, every eight years this team comes here, every four years, you know, the city that I'm living in plays that team. I, I would dislike that. The one thing that I would like about it, Motsi, is I think – it would end a lot of the mindless, brainless debates that we have. Like the, oh, the Patriots are only good because their division is so good. Right. Like, it would get rid of that. <laughs> if, you were, if everybody was playing everybody once in the AFC, nobody could complain about strength of schedule. Nobody could complain about one division. Be it. I, I would like that aspect of it where it would be almost like, you know, a college conference in that regard yes. where you play everybody, and guess what? Whoever's got the best record at the end, you can't complain because everybody had the same slate type Very of thing. Very true. That, and, and that is the one thing I would like about it. And, and I think the way the NFL tries to combat that is by rotating your out-of-division games. And, I mean, it's luck of the draw. Sometimes you, on paper, when you're like, oh, you're playing the AFC North this year or you're playing the, the NFC West. A year ago, the NFC West was, like, crazy. But now this year, well, now it's actually getting back better with the Rams and things mm -hmm. like that. But it just shifts every time. And that's the thing. It's like you just never know. I mean, look that at the, next season. the NFC East, right? Two Correct. Year, two years ago, um, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. They were, what, 13 wins? The, yeah, the, the Cowboys were 11 or 12 and wins. And that was Kirk Cousins and the Redskins. And they won nine or ten year. games yeah. that year, right? So it's different, man. It just depends on And now two years season. later, that's the worst division in right. football, like without a doubt. Absolutely. It's very year to year, and you're right. It's kind of a mixed bag. And a lot of people, like, for example, you saw San Francisco on the schedule this year. That probably wasn't incredibly daunting. Right. And now you see how San Francisco is playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But it, I think it's an interesting idea there by Vic Fangio, but I certainly don't see that happening ever. I think the benefits of divisions greatly outweigh the benefits of, of just having the conferences. Three-question Thursday, question number two. Arthur Motes, I have 
pinpointed nine jobs, okay? Uh-oh. Nine head coaching jobs that are either currently open or I believe there's a pretty good chance they will be open <laughs> at the end of the season. Okay, okay, okay. I want you – I'm going to give you these nine jobs. I want you to tell me your one or two that you would say are the best – like if you were a head coaching candidate, right, that you would be in- – the, the jobs you'd most be interested in, best jobs, right, yeah. and worst jobs. Okay. All right, so here are the nine teams. The Atlanta Falcons. Carolina Panthers, okay. The Cleveland Browns, ah. Them Dallas Dang, Cowboys, Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> them Dallas Cowboys. Aye. I wasn't sure about this one, but I included them. The Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars, both the New York teams, the Ooh, both the New oh. Jersey teams. I want to yeah. The Giants and the Jets, okay. And the Washington Redacted. So Atlanta, Carolina, Cleveland, Dallas, Detroit, Jacksonville, Giants, Jets. And skins. Give me the the best one or two in your mind, and then the the one or two that you'd want to stay away from. Well, I think I can tell you the one or two you'd want to stay away from. All right, let's hear it. The Washington Redacteds. I mean, not a great roster. Not bad. I can't even spell Redacteds, man. (laughs) The skins, baby. The Washington Redskins. I mean, you'll play for that. You'll play for that owner with that roster and that stadium. I think I'll pass on that one. Yeah, I'm not feeling that one. Um. I'm not really feeling Carolina either. After yeah. seeing how they did Ron Rivera, that ain't cool. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Rebel. And the, the quarter, the cloudy situation around yeah, their the quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I think Cleveland's interesting, honestly. I mean, when you look at the talent they currently have, I think that is intriguing, but you got to be able to manage the personalities the right way. It's similar to they handled their personalities wrong, whereas you saw how Coach Tomlin and the Steelers handled their personalities the right way. Um, But, yeah, let me think. Jeez. You said Atlanta, too, huh? That, for me, I think would be the one I'd be most interested in. I was going to say, I like Atlanta. New stadium. New stadium. A very patient owner. Has the quarterback already. Not a rabid city in terms of, like, they'll be patient with you. Right, right. They're not going to be calling for your head after one season. And if you won one Super Bowl there, you'd be a legend forever. Oh, without a doubt. Forever. I think Atlanta might be... I like you Atlanta know, a lot. Arthur Blank. Uh, they've got their rosters. Who else is on that list? Oh man, uh, Jacksonville, Carolina, yeah, I don't like Jacksonville. Detroit, um, New York, Detroit. New York. New York is crazy. You going to New York? Yeah. Jacksonville would be way down for me. Well, for me, both New York teams, their quarterback situations, I'm not fans of. Yeah. Same with Jacksonville. Right, and then obviously with the Jets, you got the Le'Veon situation. Is he going to be back? Like, would you bring him back? How about Dallas though? That's the most interesting one for me. I don't want to work for Jerry because Jones. everything other than that is enticing about. Yeah, it. it's just can can we Jerry Jones just take your hands off of that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the biggest strength or the biggest attraction for the Cowboys' job, I guess, would be talent. the 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 oh, biggest yeah, yeah. Hey, the biggest detraction. Offense and defense, they have the players in place, man. Yeah, but the ownership, eh, yeah. no, work not good. All right, last one for you here, Motsi, Before we go to break, this is the fun one. Garrett Cole oh. signed his Yankees contract. Yes, indeed. Nine years, $324 million. Talk about it. $36 million per. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, if you just signed that contract, Garrett Cole signed, what would be the first thing you would do? I'm calling a flight club. I'm telling them I want the Yeezy Red Octobers, five grand a pair, and I'm buying two of them, baby. That's it? Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm going off the grid for like a month at least. Nah, nah. I'm powering down my. I'm I'm grabbing my wife and I'm inviting some of my friends and family and I'm going to some island or something for like <laughs> two months and I'm shutting uh, down. None of you are gonna hear from me. I'm gonna uh, be I'm gonna be sipping vodka and tequila on a beach somewhere I'm with my buying, feet up. I'm buying. I'm going to get the red October. I've been wanting it for my whole life. 
I just can't justify spending five G's for a pair of sneakers. But if I had that much money, I'm buying two pair. One to just do, one to wear. One to just be belligerent in. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm going to 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 concerts to stand in the mud and the grass in. I'm a hooping them at L.A. Fitness like. Just to, just, just, just to kill and they're like, yo, those are red eyes. Like, yeah, I don't care. You're like, I don't care. Yeah. You see the contract that I just signed <laughs> right. with the Yankees? Uh, this is the best part of this, Motsi. Uh, Scott Boris. Yes. The baseball super agent. Although I guess not just baseball, right? He's got, right. He's he's got other clients. Yeah, he's legit. Uh, in the last three days, his clients, Steven Strasburg, Garrett Cole, oh, wow. and Rendon. Jeez. The three of them in the last three days signed contracts in a total value of $814 million. Oof. Scott Boris's commission is 5%, Motsi. That means yeah. in the last three days, Scott Boris has made $40.7 million. Arthur Motes, why didn't you tell me to be a sports agent, man? That's good. <laughs> That's real good. Three days of commission, $40.7 wow. million. Yeah, that's dope. That's a nice gig if you can get it. That's dope. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Hey, man, but I you know what? You, you know what? That's given to the right people because not everybody can handle that type of money. That's true. And, and it's probably the reason why I don't have that because if I'm buying Red Octobers, who knows what else I'll be doing to buying at the well, time. Hey, so. you're, uh, you know, yeah. your fantasy here with this uh, Garrett Cole $324 yeah. million dollars is a lot cheaper than mine of spending two weeks on a deserted island like a Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Red bands, a little, a little Hawaiian shirt, taco meat showing, shankletas on, smoking cigars, drinking vodka. Oh, cigars all day. <laughs> vodka, vodka, vodka and tequila with breakfast. Pulling I up mean. on a private boat. I can see it now. Yep, yep. Helicopters yeah. and private jets everywhere. It's a little cheaper than a pair, or a little more expensive than a pair of red octobers. Oh, man. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here inside the electric factory. You know how we close out the show, as always, with your questions, comments, and concerns. So get them in now at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. You're listening to Euler Motes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR. Wrapping up the show on a Thursday. We'll have a jam-packed one for you tomorrow on the day before the day before. The penultimate to the penultimate. Oh, you already know on Fridays that means a few things. Five-star Friday. Coach Tomlin dropping that twice in the last week. And he listens to the show. He gets the show. Come on, man. He's a fan favorite. He's a part of the power grid, the megawatts. Shout out to him. He is the megawatt. Yes. Well, I, unless, I guess, if TJ Watt's a big fan of the show, then he would be the megawatt. But but you're picking up what I'm putting Absolutely. down. Five-star matchups tomorrow on the show. Oh, you also know Motsi. I'll do a little singing. We'll have the Here We Go song, 7-1. Whoo! Whoo! Not to give myself too much credit or anything, hey, but I'm just, I'm just saying, who really deserves the credit for the turnaround around That's here? That's all I'm saying, man. If you're going to hate us on it for one week, you better give us some love for the rest of them. <laughs> Old alum chimes in here on Twitter. Uh, in dis relation to that discussion we just had about Vic Fangio's comments of eliminating the divisions and just having the conferences, uh, Old alum makes a really great point here. He says, if you got rid of the NFL divisions, that would mean more teams mathematically eliminated from the playoff conversation earlier, which would equal a drop in ratings, also a drop in ticket sales and revenues. It's no discussion. And he points out, too, that 
with further interest and further discussion, that would probably also mean fewer NFL talk show jobs. Uh. So, yeah, let's keep the division so we can keep our jobs there, Motsi. <laughs> yep, I'm with it, man. Good, good call there by old alum on the Twitter.com. We also got a couple tweets in relations to our, uh, you know, our discussion about snow. Motsi and, and what that means. Uh, Jeff says here, snow in the berg means you boys better wrap them pipes with scarves so tomorrow's Here We Go song is loud and proud. <laughs> I like that one by Jeff. Yeah, don't worry. I drank some tea this morning, so hey, I'm ready man, to go. I, I, I stay with the my, tea. I, I, I walk my around with a right scarf on my neck all the time. They think I'm from, like, France or something. I'm like, nah, man, it's just the radio drip. You man. a classic, man. Ooh, hey, now. You can be Motes when you look this clean. He's a classic, man. Come on, baby. This is what I do. Thrash says, I kid you not, in 2010, we got three feet of snow in one night and had no skull for two weeks. <laughs> there it is. That sounds like Northern Virginia to a hey, T right there. talk about it. Uh, Eddie the Great says in San Antonio, if it drops below 32 degrees, the entire city shuts down because folks don't know how to act. <laughs> yeah, around here, if it drops below 32 degrees, uh, that's just a normal December day. Yeah. Don Juan talking about that Steelers-Cowboys game that we were reminiscing upon. He says it was really crazy how many Cowboy fans were there. He said he came with about 20 of them. Well, Don Juan, you got to find, find yourself some friends and some black, yeah, and, yeah, and, some black and gold. I'm going to say black and yellow. Are, if your friends are Cowboy friends, they're not really your friends. Remember that, right. man. And let's talk about that, too. All right. It's, when, when Cowboys fans, you know, quote, unquote, take over a stadium or descend upon a stadium, I mean, it's like the Yankees doing it. You know, it's like Notre Dame football doing it. I mean, yeah, sure, they got a lot of fans, but half of them have never been to Dallas before. No question. I mean, listen, I know, I'm not naive enough, I know that in Steeler Nation there are plenty of people who don't have ties to Pittsburgh, that, that they grew up, their, their parents, their grandparents, whatever it may be, aunts and uncles grew up rooting for those 70 Steelers, and it became a thing. I get that, all right? That's because of the success. The Cowboys got all these foo-foo fans. Yeah, talk about them. All these foo-foo fans. You better get it off your chest, Wes. Just because they're American. Is it American? No. American. Yeah. You know what they, they, they quote on American? It's because of their geographical location. Right. They happen to be located in the middle of the country. Right. I'm talking, man, if you're in Louisiana. Big, huge Texas. If you're in Oklahoma. That's if you're true. in California. Kansas. If you're, in, like, uh, you're essentially local. So, let's be real. If you watch television and you want to watch a football game, they're going to show the Cowboys game if you're in that part of the country. Mm -hmm. So you're not America's team just because of that. Stop it. Stop. Leave it alone. It's like the Yankees in Notre Dame. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't disrespect the Yankees now. Don't you do that. I'm not disrespecting the Yankees. I'm just saying, like, you know, a lot of their fans. What's you trying to say? Just fans because are you Yankees? Are you a Yankees fan? I do like the Yankees. Yes, yeah. I mean, I got no beef with the Yankees. All right, bro. I got no beef. I do have beef with Notre Dame football, though. I don't like Notre Dame. Cool. All right, I don't like Rudy. We're on the same page there. All right, cool. Yeah. I hope, hopefully cool. none of our listeners heard us talking about Cool, because you kind of remind me of Rudy a little bit. What? Not mess with you. What? <laughs> <laughs> he, ain't got, he ain't got hair like this. <laughs> he ain't got hair like this, baby. My work ethic is along the same line as Rudy's. <laughs> hey. All I want to do is play for Notre Dame. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Uh. Michael chimes in. Yo, Davati, I need help convincing Wes Euler to get Call of Duty. Hashtag oh, help. Get on the duty, Wesley Euler. If you haven't boys. played That's the one of my new boys, Call of Duty, bro, yeah, you're, you're, you're depriving yourself of an awesome experience. And not just the online atmosphere, man. The online play is always dope. This is the best when it comes to that. But the story mode, man. Yeah, you were telling able, me about that. Yeah, like they took their time with that. A lot of gaming systems or video games that have released in the past year or two have neglected that element. That's the new thing. It is. It's who yeah. cares about campaign mode. We're just right, playing online. Right. So for this, man, it's a dope 
campaign mode, you can see they took their time with it. The graphics are phenomenal, by the way. That's important And just to me. The, the, the smoothness of the play, how realistic it is, the different uh, firearms you're able to use in the sure. game. I mean, it's, it's dope, bro. Is it like a modern warfare? Is it yes. like one of the classics? No, 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 no. So it's, it's, it's a classic version of that modern warfare. But okay. they have the, the scenes as if, like, a terrorist attack is going on in Paris right now. And just seeing how that is drastically different than a fight in the middle of a field, like in a classic, like, Ooh. World War II setting. Like, this is okay. like, oh, it's a random, like, double-decker bush right, right. here. It's a shoe store and a bomb is right. off. And now you're having to maneuver through it with hand. Like, it's a it, it, it hits home a little bit, unfortunately, because of the current climate that sure. we live in with different terrorist attacks, stuff like that. So just seeing that element of it, the different countries that they visit in the game, and it's, a, it's an awesome, awesome. Awesome experience. In fact, I'm be on it tonight when I get out of basketball practice. All right, you got me convinced. I'll get it. Are you PlayStation or Xbox? I'm both. Ooh. I don't discriminate. For better. Call of Duty, though. Both. Really? I don't discriminate. You got it on both. Man, if you're nice, you can play either one. All right, but you have to have a preference, though. I mean, it's like I like Coke and Pepsi both. No, no, no. But th this is why I don't have a preference. So literally, my first 18 years of life, I was solely PlayStation. Okay. Then, throughout the past 10 years, I've been all Xbox. Okay. And then I recently got a PlayStation and an Xbox at the same time. Ooh. Gifts, not flexing. Gifts. That wasn't with your Garrett Cole. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't a part of that. That wasn't a part of it. But I have both of them. And, yeah, I got the game for both because sometimes I like to play it downstairs. Sometimes I like to play it upstairs. I got you. And then if I'm taking one system with me on the road, I can't take both. Sure. So I'm like, hey, I'll just take whichever one I want to take at the time. And I know my account has whatever uh, – However much progress I've made on one system, it correlates to the other one as well. So I don't have to worry about it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. With that Call of Duty game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you, with the Call of Duty game, you create an account with it. And as soon as I log into it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So it's almost like cross-platform. Yes. And wow. that's the thing that that's I love sweet. about it. Yes. That's real sweet, actually. Yeah, because typically, if you're on Xbox, your it's stats there, Xbox. Yeah, yeah. self-contained. Right. And PlayStation, same thing. But with that, with that particular cool. game, with that particular Call of Duty, it's the account you log into. You're yeah, able to really just carry cool. over. Yeah, it's awesome. The future, the future rules. Yeah, yeah, it's dope, bro. <laughs> All right, I'm in. I'm hooked. I'm telling you, man. It's good. Christopher <laughs> with one of my favorite tweets. You and I were laughing about this during a break that we've gotten in a long time. He always says, I know, he, he, Christopher tweets, I know when to really lock in. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's when the body says, and here's why. <laughs> Because he's about to lay down some great knowledge. God, oh, I love this man. freaking show. Love being a part of the power grid. We yeah. appreciate it, appreciate it, Christopher. And it's so funny because everybody has those tells. I think everybody Chris, in radio. Chris, me out, Chris. Like when for Wolf, <laughs> for Wolf, it's you could tell Wolf is about to go on a tangent when he said, "Oh, there's." When Wolf says, "Oh, there's no question." That's oh, how. Man. That's how you know he's about to go on a tangent. And with Arthur Motes, it's and here's why. And here is why. <laughs> Yeah, I love now, it. Now you can help me be a self-conscious over here. Every time I say it here, I'm going to start laughing like, oh, man. <laughs> but it's the truth, though. It here's. That is great. That's a great tweet, Christopher. Great tweet. Yo, shout out to Chris, man. Oh, that's funny. Brian tweets me and says, don't be about that Call of Duty life. Come back, come hop back on the MLG circuit with me on Halo. I'm still playing. Oh. That's my game right there, Halo. Halo, Halo 2, my classic. favorite game of all time. Yeah, I still classic. play the Master Chief Collection from time to time. Wow, okay. Bishop says, Motes, be honest. Who's your favorite NFL team? Man up and answer the question. Oh, now listen, I tell people all the time who my favorite team is, Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why I retired. <laughs> as a Steeler. That's why I live in Pittsburgh. That's why I'm a part of Steeler Nation Radio. 
But I do have a ton of love for the Bills, and they will always know that because that's where I got my first start at, man. That's how I got my foundation to help me be the person that I was when y'all got me here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. If I didn't spend that time there, who knows what type of motion I would have got here. Might have been a little different. Yeah, might have been. I, was, I went through a phase. You know, I, I had to grow. I had to experience some things to help me become the man I am today. <laughs> you want to know more about that stuff, man, get the most of your life book. Uh, I talk about my transition and everything, man, and how I, I learned some things, and I think that people can learn from these things that I learned. Sure. So that way y'all can avoid the things that I should have avoided, per se. That's how you have an, imp- <laughs> that's how you have an impact, baby. Oklahoma Zone asks, which which single pass rusher from either team will have the biggest impact Sunday night? I think it will be – honestly, I could go either Bud or TJ because the Bills' offensive line has allowed a good amount of sacks. They've struggled in protection. And when I look at the Bills' pass rushers and Jerry Hughes, he's going to be matched up typically versus Alva Villanueva. And – Versus the bigger body tackles, Jerry struggles because he's undersized. Me and him are pretty much the same height, same body comp. And that's why a lot of times with those longer limbed mm-hmm. tackles like you get with an out or like last week with Tyron Smith, he struggles against because he can't close that space all the way like he needs to. Whereas with Bud and TJ, they're going to have very favorable matchups for them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. And I hope so because that would, that would lend well to the Steelers coming out victorious. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right, man. Benjamin says, uh, as a Steelers fan, I just have a, such a feeling of confidence this season that I've not had in the past, even in years with Ben, because it's almost like the Steelers are outplaying expectations this year and thus giving me peace. Hashtag not sure how to feel. No, that makes sense. It does. The standard is the standard here. It's Always. It's, it's Super Bowl or bust every single year, right, it, except for maybe this year. Yeah, because a ten-win season, a playoff appearance, heck, a, a wild card playoff win—that would be completely, as Benjamin says, outplaying expectations. Motsi, I think it is a unique year for Steeler Nation in that regard. Again, because we have such a high standard every single year, but because of a lot of the circumstances, they are outplaying expectations this year, which is almost normally impossible for us. It's almost as a Steelers team, it's impossible to outplay expectations because the, as, the expectation is to win the Super Bowl and you can't do anything more unless the Steelers were to go 19-0 and route right, to winning a right. Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I think that's a good point by Benjamin. No, no, he does make a really good point, man. That's the truth. But I think it's directly related to the injuries and all the adversity that this team has had to overcome. But that's the beauty of it. And, yeah. I'm riding the wave, man, so hopefully they can continue to exceed our expectations this season. Okay, quick one here from Thrash before we get out of here. He says, all these guys at the height of their careers, right, these six guys, Calvin Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Richard Sherman, Darrell Rivas, and Stephon Gilmore, okay? If there's a Hail Mary 50-50 ball thrown, who of those six would you pick to come down with Calvin it? Johnson. <laughs> Me too. That's a really what? good That's a really good question, but I'm going I'm with going Calvin Cal- Johnson. Megatron, baby. Yeah. <laughs> thanks to everybody who chimed in. Thanks to Brian Backo of the Post-Gazette for joining us. Thanks to our buddy Kellen back at HQ for producing. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the day before the day before. Same time, same place as always on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.